Hello and welcome to the Lotox Life Podcast. I'm Alex Stewart, your host, and today is show 42. I actually said last week that last week was show 42. It wasn't. Today is. Uh, I'm so excited about my guest today. It's Kirsty Worth from Cultured Wellness, and uh, we're going to be talking about bacteria. Now, I know that subject doesn't sound particularly sexy, but trust me when I say there is so much to get to know about the bacteria that live inside our bodies and how it can affect everything from mood to cravings, appetite, uh, general health and well-being, even chronic illness. And we look at specific strains and how they're related to all of those things I just mentioned. It's a really, really interesting chat. And I just love her brain and how much she knows about this stuff. It's fantastic. I thought I was a nerd. I have totally been one-upped. Now, we have a beautiful show sponsor for the next two weeks, Resparkle. Now, some of you might know Resparkle already. It's a beautiful cleaning range. And Pearl Chan, who founded it, a wonderful Melbourne woman, determined to create less waste in cleaning products as well as a great low-tox range, has a bit of a, a refill pod system. So you buy your original bottle and it's empty. And what's great about that is you're not paying for the volume of water. And water makes up about 90% of the average cleaning products. So you're not paying for that to be shifted around. It's not costing more carbon in air miles and burden in that sense. And uh, then you're just refilling with the pod. So you only need to buy the refill the next time round, not the whole bottle again. So we're saving plastic, we're saving weight, and we're getting a wonderful low-tox product. Now, she's not giving away any cleaning products or discounts on those per se, but if you do shop at ReSparkle over the next two weeks, what you receive is a beautiful bamboo microfiber cloth. And the microfiber cloths are great because they're natural. And most microfiber cloths are made of microplastics. So when we wash them or clean with them, we can be distributing microplastic particle dust into either the air or the waterways through our washing. So it's a really great transition to make. We've got a couple. I really love it. And I hope you love them too. So you get a free one with anything that you purchase on the Resparkle site over the next two weeks. And they've got some really great package deals on their site anyway, if you're looking to save a buck. And one nerdy fact about Resparkle is that it's my favorite spray bottle. I know that sounds really, really daggy, but the, the spray action is really, really satisfying. It actually... But there's just something about it. it just makes it the best that I've ever tried. So I hope you enjoy it too and um, aren't laughing at me out there while I make that admission. But anything that gets us more excited about cleaning, right? So enjoy that offer. All the details are in the show notes and please enjoy today's show. It's a really great chat. Here's Kirsty. Hello, Kirsty. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm awesome. Thank you. And I'm so excited to have you on the show. Gut health and probiotics are a really exciting and nerdy topic. And I couldn't think of anyone that would be better to, to have here to, to sort of help us. Some of us at a beginner's level and some of us who really want to get nerdy and, and start seeing based on our own health issues. You know, so there's a lot of out of the box stuff going on where nothing seems to work. How the key to understanding probiotics and their power to either help or hinder our healing journey is a pretty amazing one once you tune in. So thank you. I'd love to start by just hearing a little bit about your why for everybody out there who might not have heard of you, your amazing business, Cultured Wellness. What led you to study health and, and probiotics specifically and, and share maybe a little bit of your amazing family story as well? Just so that people kind of understand uh, a little bit about where you're coming from in today's chat, that'd be awesome. Yeah, well, I, I think my why is like so many other people that end up in this space is because, you know, I was that person that was just struggling so much with my health and had no answers and would constantly go and see people and, you know, spend an absolute fortune seeing specialists to only be told, well, I actually think you need to go on antidepressants or I think it, you know, oh, just take this tablet for it and you'll be fine. Just take some more Panadol, take some more Nurofen. <laughs> oh, no. Like, oh, my God, the amount of, uh, you know, pain relief I've taken in my years. No wonder my gut was so stuffed. But uh, I hear you. 
Yeah, it's terrible, but it's, you know, like I just you sort of put up with it and, I, you know, very, very active person. So as long as I was outdoors and as long as I was enjoying nature, I could just sort of, you know, grunt through it. And look, literally, it wasn't until I met my husband, who is a nurse, and when we met, he was like, you know, like diarrhea is like that's not actually normal. Mm. And taking that much medication, we don't even give that to the patients at the hospital. <laughs> like, this is, and it was really like this amazing sort of alarm bell to me that I'd never even sort of registered that this is not cool. Like it's not okay to take all that stuff and maybe there is actually something wrong with me. Mm. So that was a, a real sort of light bulb moment. And then we actually had my little boy Noah not too, um, you know, probably about a year or two later after sort of this big revelation. And he, um, <laughs> I was, had the great opportunity of having five months of my pregnancy with Noah, spending it in Europe, eating gelati and pasta and, you know, sort of eating my way through Europe and also having extreme gut reactions and extreme, as I can see now, like major inflammation issues. And, and so, you know, now that I know, you know, how important it is to grow this beautiful human and to be such a thriving temple when you're pregnant um you know it's it's no wonder things sort of unfolded that they were they did but Noah came out and my pregnancy sorry my um you know labor story was not great I lost a lot of blood and there's a lot of trauma and um yeah and so you know you sort of got over it and needed blood transfusions and all sorts of stuff and look he tracked along pretty well he was super super grumpy he wouldn't sleep, wasn't chilled out, would scream in pain and be a very stiff child. And then he developed okay and, you know, I was the PE teacher at the time and so at 10 months when he started kicking the football, I was convinced it was on. We were off to, you know, Wembley and we were going <laughs> to have this soccer guru. And He's gifted. Um, He's yeah, gifted. Yeah. <laughs> you know, gifted and but yeah it, it all started turning very pear-shaped at about sort of 13 months when he got giardia when we were on a surf trip in Fiji Aww. and yeah and you know he had all of the antibiotics for that and he'd had antibiotics for ear infections he'd had any antibiotics for this and that He'd had reflux and we were told to put him on Losec, which was an antacid. We were told to give him Nurofen, put him on this formula, you know, like just that traditional sort of medical uh, advice. Right. Yeah. And we followed it to a T. Um, and it wasn't until he started getting blood in his stools, the constant yellow diarrhoea, and then he stopped, you know, talking, engaging. He'd just lie on the floor and scream and he just literally stopped developing and started to become quite you know almost animalistic like he went into a real sort of space of just survival yeah so he was diagnosed with autism at three and a half mm. and very much given a prognosis of you know he's going to be non-verbal for the, his rest of his life and certainly not attend mainstream school and all of those milestones you expect from a child, look, this is just not going to happen for him. Like it's just really going to be a battle. Mm. So that was the, the prognosis. But, you know, fortunately when um, I was pregnant with Noah, I was studying a PhD and I, I knew how to study. Like that, that was my skill. I knew how to research. I knew how to, you know, think about a thing and hypothesise a question and go dog-headed at it and, and find the answer. And my husband's medical sort of experience and my ability to research, we just went, nah, this is not right. Like he's a sick child. Look at him. He's pale. His guts are distended. He screams all day long. Like that's not a happy, thriving human. Mm. So we just went down this amazing journey of possibly could it be food? Like I can't eat food. I explode every time I look at it. So maybe could it be that? Maybe his guts don't work and, yeah, so we we went and researched and found the most incredible specialists and incredible research centres and got the test done and that was the clincher, you know. When you find out what's going on and you're not stabbing around in the dark anymore, mm. then you have power and then you move forward. And, of course, it's tough and it takes forever and we're still going, but we have knowledge and we have, you know, that, that power now to to know what to do and so I just went into gutland and I just researched found out so much about it 
understood all these little, you know, microbes that live in there, understood all about the bacteria, strains, probiotics, and ended up, you know, developing our own special blend for Noah and, you know, which has now turned into cultured wellness and and off we went. The business that I never wanted to have is here. (laughs) (laughs) I always say that, you know, so many people, as you said, you know, so many people who end up in this space are people who've come from some sort of hardship, some sort of lack of response to traditional suggestions and, Mm -hmm. and protocols and you literally, because of your curiosity and sheer will for it to not be your future, find your own way. And there's something so beautiful about making your mess, your message for then so many other people, which is something you've absolutely done. And, um, and all because of this, this beautiful boy. And can you, can you talk to us about how, (laughs) yeah. And, and yet at the time you probably thought, why me? This is so crappy and I can't believe this is happening to us and and yet what you've learned has probably helped gosh thousands of people by now and is is soon to help more so can you talk to us about what you saw in him as you started to implement your own protocol from your own research yeah like well the first thing that changed was he just started to stop screaming in pain Mm. you know like at the original sort of right back at the start when we took gluten and dairy out and and you know we actually ate a really beautiful whole foods diet anyway so when you were saying the why me it really was like why the hell yeah is this happening to me when I like live this beautiful life like yeah you know so it's um yeah it was in so interesting just to see you know the stomach go down the pain go away and then you know a few words here and there and just that he would actually look at me in the eye and he would almost recognise me. Now, no one will get this because it's very rare for a mum to have a child that literally does not recognise them, acknowledge them, call them mum, have anything, you know, any connection with them. But that's how it was for for me with my son. And to have those snippets of him looking going, oh, who, who are you? Mm-hmm. You know, it was it was just like they, they were the little, you know, nuggets. Nuggets that just kept me going night after night, researching and day after day. And, um, yeah, slowly but surely he just started coming back. And with every change and with every, you know, day, he would just improve, improve. And, look, his gut was so bad and his infections were so bad, He we ended up flying to Canada and he had to have a faecal microbial transplant, which I also had, which is you kind of have to start all over again. Mm. You, you take out all the bad infections, pathogens, and you replace them with someone else's beautiful microbes. And, you know, he started digesting food and therefore absorbing nutrients and then his brain started to get nutrients and his brain wasn't starving anymore and he started to just kind of like waking up and he started developing and speaking and, you know, and he now attends a, you know, a mainstream school and he's in an age-appropriate class and can't shut him up, talks and stop about <laughs> bloody Pokemon and, and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, like we're very similar age, so I'm sure you get that. But, yeah, he's – and for me the biggest thing is his functional movement, like his core strength has all come back. So we go rock climbing together and we go to karate together and he enjoys us as a family now. You know, he plays with his sister, he's got friends, he he know you know, he's he's well and mm. then he wants to participate. So it's just been fascinating. So my why, like, you know, being an educator for so many years now, I can't sit by and see other kids in this boat and not feel the joy of life and, you know, yeah. I feel like I have my childhood was robbed in some ways because I often felt unwell and often on the couch just you know tired and sick mm. and I don't want that for any child or anyone so no, it's their birthright to thrive totally mm. totally so this is this is kind of why I do what I do kids kids are amazing they need to to feel awesome and so do adults and so yeah that's kind of <laughs> a very long journey yeah but, wow but, to hear and it's such an important journey to make you know I think when you get told as a parent that your child will never speak you know there's just I I just wish 
that everybody could hear out there that that's not necessarily the case. I mean, to work with people like yourself on the actual nuts and bolts, to work with people like Bruce Lipton's work, showing Mm. you that your genes do not dictate your future and, Mm -hmm. you know, so many amazing things out there to help people see that right now and what's happening exactly right now is not necessarily what's going to happen forever is Mm. a gift of hope that I just wish everybody could feel because quite often when you just don't know that other ways exist, then you might not be given that gift. So please, anyone out there who is listening today, share this, you know, share it with a friend who may never have heard of probiotics for mental development (laughs) as a a possibility Mm. because when we heal our gut, we heal our brains and and it's it's just such an incredible thing to be able to do when you really feel like you've got no hope. Mm. So on the subject of gut damage, seeing as we're there, <laughs> there's obviously quite a few things that can damage one's gut. I myself know you mentioned painkillers and I had migraines as a teen and, and in through my 20s during my time in the cosmetic industry. Hello, fragrances. <laughs> and uh, and I used to pop those Mercindol night strength like but, you know, and have like the strongest aspirin and take all of these um, uh, paracetamol and codeine-based painkillers. And it was a time in my life when it, that's the earliest time that I remember constipation, for example, as a symptom for me and and also starting to be sensitive to all sorts of things. And, for you know, it's such a no-brainer once you understand that painkillers – Uh, especially paracetamol-based painkillers, deplete glutathione levels and glutathione being our chief detoxifier, then we really don't want to do that unless we absolutely need them at key points in a journey, but certainly not as a day-to-day go-to if you've got a bit of a sore head or, you know, tiny bit of period pain or things like that. And and they're such go-tos. Can you share a little bit more deeply about the link between painkillers and gut damage? Yeah, certainly just following on from that Panadol and draining your glutathione, the other thing that Panadol does is it directly kills off a strain in our gut microbiome called E. coli. Now, this is your good E. coli, Mm. but it it basically just kills it off. As soon as it gets into the gut, it depletes it. And this E. coli is vital for your mental health. And so without it, we can't make serotonin, we can't make tryptophan. We can't absorb and utilise vitamin K2. We can't make CoQ10, which is like our powerhouse that gives us energy and gets us up in the day. Mm. And so if you're taking lots of Panadol like, you know, we were and there are so many other people that do, every time you pop it, you're, you're killing off your E. coli strain. And so you're, you're basically sort of, yeah, setting yourself up for, for mental health concerns and major mental health concerns. So, so many of my clients that come to see me and we, we look through their bioscreen test, which is the test that looks at what's living in your gut, pretty much everyone has, you know, very limited, if any, of that good E. coli, which drives so many different functions in the body and helps with that, you know, the chemicals for your brain and helps with nutrients for energy. So just that alone, you know, that connection between the Panadol and the E. coli is, you know, it's so obvious once you see it. And once you start to rebuild that E. coli up again, it's just awesome to start feeling joyous Mm. and happy and starting to actually see life in a very different way. And it, it is just from those buzz. It's not, it's, you know, I always joke, you can meditate till the cows come home or you can just take some good probiotics. And, you, know, <laughs> you can only get so far and then, you know, you're still going to have that scaffolding yeah. to build the ability to then be able to go off and meditate and then be able to do all of these wonderful things that we're encouraged to do. But if the scaffolding's broken, you're going to find it really hard. It will always be an uphill battle. So, and, and that's just with Panadol and E. coli. And look, you know, chlorine, for example, is so damaging to your gut microbiome. Mm. You know, you're kind of drinking poison. Yeah. And chlorines, we pop it into pools to kill off bugs, right? Yeah. That's, that's what we do. So we're not swimming in, you know, bugs that we're going to get. So if you think about that, you would never drink the pool water 
because, you know, it makes you feel yucky and you're told not to drink it. But that's what we drink when we drink tap water. We're drinking something that is designed to kill off microbes and kill off bugs. So, you know, we don't get anything, but we're also killing off those good microbes that are so important to our daily life and all of our functions in our body. So, you know, chlorine, medication, I mean, antibiotics, once again, they're designed to go in there and kill off anything that's in there, good or bad. Mm. And then, you know, just the pill, for example, can be so damaging to the gut. And all of the ones that, you know, most people know already, like processed foods and sugar, they just end up feeding the pathogens and they end up feeding parasites and they they crowd out the good bacteria. So the more it's it's like, you know, it's like a beautiful garden. If you feed it with amazing nutrients, the the flowers will bloom and it's lovely and it, you know, ma- makes you feel wonderful. Whereas if you have that same garden and you put a weed killer or something in there, then it, it really turns into quite a horrible mm. garden. And it's this same thing. We can make our garden thrive or we can really kill it off with our choices that we make every totally. day. And for anyone who's panicking about now drinking their tap water and having absolutely no idea what to do and what type of water filter to buy, I've got some notes for you in the show notes so that you <laughs> feel like you can get rid of that chlorine. Like at least, you know, maybe just get a shower filter because they're really easy to install. Uh, and yeah. I, I just used to get those little um, red hives over my abdomen from having oh. a regular shower. And as soon as we put that, uh, shower filter in I just didn't get that anymore I can spend 20 minutes in yeah. there and be fine not that I would do that from an environmental perspective <laughs> everyone calm down but the point is I could if I wanted to and yeah. that's a great feeling so that and your drinking yeah. water you know so important then you don't have to worry about your odd coffee in a cafe and all those sorts of things it's not about being Probably. terrorized and terrified about everything but no, it's just okay. about those basic home choices being made so that you can go with the flow at other times and our bodies can handle that. Yeah, and and I must, you know, because kids are such an important sort of part of my mind all the time, there's amazing filters, the same deal as the shower one, just pop them on your bath, yeah. you know, the tap on your bath, and then, you know, you know that your kids are having a beautiful clean bath, put some Epsom salts in there, you know, and they turn into these blissed out beautiful kids that just want to fall off to sleep as opposed to, <laughs> you know. We like, love those you know, kids. Those, I know, I know. And, it's, you know, the shower filter that we use, look, I think it's only $159 mm. or something. And, you know, if you think about the steroid cream or the trip to the doctor or whatever, from the rashes, the $159 on a shower filter once a year, yeah, nothing. you're so right. To the flip side of what you could spend with these random presentations that you mm. get, which is from your water. Yeah. Interestingly how you said we need our, a good level of our good E. coli to produce serotonin, tryptophan, but obviously stress affects our gut as well. So it's a two-way talking street, isn't it? Because what's going on in our brain and how we're perceiving how difficult life is at that time can then adversely affect our gut as well. Can you talk to us about that two-way conversation? Yeah. So, you know, the research has been quite clear on the fact that literally within 20 minutes of a stressful situation, you can alter your gut microbiome so quickly. Really, yeah. And look, once again, we can't all live in a temple in Tibet and we're all going to be fake. I mean, if you had have seen the morning that I've had with my kids at school drop off, like my biome's probably changed right now. So, you know, it's, it's just the reality. We can't live in a bubble. But I, you know, I know that I've had that stressful situation and it can alter my gut microbiome. I mean, when we're stressed, our adrenals and our cortisol switch on. And then we can actually raise insulin in our blood. And when we raise insulin in our blood, we actually have sugar cruising around in our bodies. And, you know, sugar feeds bad pathogens. And it's kind of like this roller coaster effect. And so that's okay if you know, okay, it's been a pretty stressful day. I'm just going to really focus on some beautiful fermented foods. I'm going to make sure that I drop that adrenals and I'm going to make sure that the inflammation comes down so then I can start to build up those beautiful bugs again. So very much we have this, um, com- like as you said, a conversation, we have this vagus vein that 
travels from our gut to our brain and talks to us both ways. And so we want to be making sure that our brain, of course, is not inflamed from that cortisol and the stress and that we're feeding it. And also we want to make sure that the right microbes are in our gut that are talking to our brain the right way because it's pretty cool the studies that come through. I mean, the last five years, I mean, we still know nothing mm. about the gut. We really do. It's like a drop I know, in the ocean. It's, what it's we such know. a the more you learn, the more you realise you have absolutely no idea. Yeah. No idea. No idea. But it's very cool what we do know. And we do know now that pathogens certainly send messages up to our brain to dictate the food that we want to mm. eat. So it's not about willpower. It's got nothing to do with it. It's about our bugs. So if you find yourself craving a certain food or craving something that you know is not appropriate, we all know it, but if you find it happening and it's almost like this out-of-body experience that you can't control, it's generally microbial-based and, and the you know, you've got candida, you've got a parasite, you've got clostridium literally dictating that they live off sugar and they live off carbohydrates. And they are hungry. So- yeah. yeah, get that stat. <laughs> I want that. And and until you change that, that's what you got, you're going to yeah. want to eat. Like I can't, I never understood people that ate vegetables and salad. I thought, who are these people? Like I just didn't get it because I would just binge on carbs all mm. the time. That was very much my diet. And it's fascinating now that I love soups. I love salads. I can't wait to get more veggies in my diet. I love fermented foods. I never understood that and thought that you could make such a change in what you love to Mm. eat. And it is really based around your microbes. Mm. Amazing. So let's dive deeper into microbes because there is just so much we can talk about here. But, okay, where are we going to start? I would like to start with, uh, there's just so much to say. Did you hear my deep breath? (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) So like bacteria is obviously not all to be feared because there are a lot of great guys in there doing great things for us. We've already talked about the good E. coli strain. But what I do want to just share with people, because a lot of people just think it's as simple as picking up any old probiotic off a shelf, is that we don't want imbalance even when it comes to our good guys, right? Absolutely. So what can we see Kombu- when – Yes, Sorry, oh, yes exactly. Save the kombucha in your head because I really want to talk about that. You know, even something like some of our basic lactobacilli strains, like we don't want to go overboard and overgrow those colonies either. Can you talk to us about why a good thing can be too much of a good thing? Yeah, totally. So – Let's go back to that garden analogy. You know, if you have in a garden just one type of plant and it just takes over the whole garden, then it's going to change the pH of the soil. It's going to change what happens in that soil and it's going to not be able to manage other weeds and certain things that come in. I mean, biodynamic farming is a classic example that if you have a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and a diversity in that garden, the soil thrives, there's no weeds that come in and everything protects each other to be a thriving sort of garden. That's exactly what happens in your gut. You know, you can't just head off to the chemist and, and you know, down a whole bottle of lactobacillus because the, the gut works in a vacuum in the fact that if one goes up, then something else has to go down mm. Because there's only so much space left in there. And so lactobacillus is wonderful. It's really good for inflammation. It's really good for crowding out candida. But if that's too high, then these other cool guys called the bifidobacterium strains will be super low. And they help you digest your plant matter, make B vitamins. They help a lot with our mental health and for keeping the pH right in the bowel. And so we need lots of those guys too. And without getting that diversity every day, and so that's the choices of food you make and the choices of probiotic foods that you have, you can actually create symptoms Mm, by doing that. Okay. So So, hold on. I have to ask a question while it's in my head (laughs) because this this could be massive. So you've mentioned that bifidobacterium are 
some of the super helpful things in our body that produce B vitamins. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Are there any strains that help us produce zinc or help us hold on to it rather? Okay. So zinc comes out of digestion of meat fibres. Yeah. And so we need more of our bacteroides, which is our major, major sort of scaffolding, the, the guys that we inherit from our mother when we, um, you know, go through that birth canal. And so those bacteroides are wonderful at digesting meat fibres, digesting, you know, using, utilising bone broth. And so a vibrant, diverse amount of those bacteroides would be wonderful for helping with zinc. I may have my latest poop test open while we're having this conversation. I, I can only imagine. I can only oh, imagine. So you know, much information so for people it? listening today. But, you know, I like to keep it real. I'm then interested in, because there are many practitioners who are divided on something like pyroles, for example. Does it exist? Doesn't it? Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. that's very interesting that let's just say we didn't have enough of the bifido guys, we didn't have the bacteroides in a healthy quantity either to help us hold on to zinc from our foods and then you've therefore got a leaky situation in both your B and your zinc and that's pyrols. Could that actually be a bacterial deficiency rather than a new syndrome that's just popped up? I'm not, I'm not saying well, it's a definite, I'm just... Yeah. You know, I don't like to make any, I'm not a medical doctor, I'm not a naturopath, but I just find that really interesting that while gut health is at its absolute worst, things like pyrroles seem to pop up, pop up. and um, yeah. I just yeah. find that an interesting correlation. Well, very interesting and I can only give you my, you know, N equals three research yeah. data from the three of our family and what I see in my clients, but when the microbial community increases and with you know our family and my clients as their good bugs increase the need for zinc and b6 vitamins is significantly reduced significantly so i can only you know sort of see that correlation sort of from an everyday sort of practice and you know we were all diagnosed with pyrroles very early on but very rarely now do we actually need it but of course zinc is such an important factor for helping to create enough stomach acid in the gut Mm. and zinc also helps for us to you know line those gut walls and helps immunity now if you've got parasites living in your gut they're going to change the ph very quickly Mm. and so you're going to drain a heap of zinc trying to get that ph back up again and sort of counteract that parasite Mm. And then if your immune system's down because you've got pathogens living in there, you're going to drain all that zinc just trying to kind of get up and defend yourself in the day. Mm. There's not going to be much left over for other functions in the body if your body is constantly fighting infection. And that's most people today are living in an environment where they wake up and they fight infection. Often they know what the infection is, but unlike myself and, you know, my kids, we didn't. We didn't know for a long, long, long time. We just had underlying infections that were draining all of our resources. So everything we ate went to those resources. So I, I, I'm going to digress a little bit. Go for it. To talk about talk about nuts as well. When people change to a paleo-y, grain-free kind of diet, or even if they stay on a grain diet. Those grains are not treated the way that they were traditionally treated. So they're not soaked. The outer phytic acid is not broken down. And those that phytic acid drains your zinc and B6 so much. And it also, you know, breaks down the integrity of the mm-hmm. gut. And so we see a lot of people eating extreme amounts of nuts. And certainly when they change over to a grain-free diet, they're making every baked good under the sun with almond, you know, flour. Yeah. And that also can significantly cause to be very depleted in zinc and B6 and possibly some pyrrole issues and obviously some gut issues as well. So I I completely agree. I think there is a huge correlation there. I just can't wait for the studies to come Mm, out. Interesting. So interesting our little guys are. They're they're responsible for so much. Yeah. 
Yeah. So obviously too much of a good thing can be a bad thing, but what about the fact that even the good guys can sometimes do things to certain people that we don't want happening right then because of whatever other factors and histamine for me jumps to mind. So quite often if you've got a broad Mm. spectrum probiotic, there may well be some strains in that probiotic that release histamine in your system. And if you've already got an inflammation issue of some kind, a mast cell issue. I know a lot of people in our community are struggling with these. Then that broad spectrum probiotic may not be your friend at that particular point in time. But what I find super exciting is once I started researching these strains in a bit more detail is that there are groups of of strains in various products and, and your products specifically as well that leave those ones out and can I just ask you how you came to that and how you came to realize what you were putting in your blend was a really gentle and safe kind of collection of strains? Mm. Well, it, totally, you know, in our journey, we realized that, you know, we were, <laughs> you know, I've, I learned, okay, probiotic foods, this is the way forward. So I went to mm. town, you know, it's like, oh, I'm going to make this, I'm going to make that, my, you know, bubbling bench, the full works, you know, and we started eating it and we ended up getting worse. Mm. And I was like, oh, this is just die off. I've read no. all about this. I know exactly what's going on. This is awesome. You know, embrace <laughs> it. Let's move forward. We're killing off bugs. This is exactly what we need to do. And then, of course, the die off just kept going and going and going and turning into all sorts of other random things. This isn't things. gut die off. This is us dying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. My brain is yeah. falling out of my head. So then, yeah, once again, just back to the research papers, back to understanding, you know, what's living in this food. And histamine was certainly the first thing that came up for me. Now, I know with our bodies, we have this gene called the DAO gene. So we can't regulate histamine very well in our body so that gene sits in the gut and basically helps us to you know regulate and digest histamine so I knew it was always a problem and we've got certain genetic expressions that mean we don't have as wonderful a time with histamine Mm. but so I knew that not only do some probiotic strains release histamine and certainly a lot of the lactobacillus family Mm. is that but I also found out that pathogens that live within us release histamines Mm. so from our experiences we don't have any histamine issues at all now because we've got rid of the pathogens that release those histamines and we now eat the strains that actually down regulate that histamine response and that dao response so we can help keep our histamine in check So it's been a wonderful sort of journey to go on to work out how do we regulate that histamine. And, of course, there are certain B vitamins and certain things that you can do to fix that histamine response, but it often comes from the gut. If you try and work on that surface level of taking um, antihistamines or taking lots of vitamin C to downregulate the histamine, that's fine, but you've still got that root cause causing Mm. it. So you're only just kind of putting a Band-Aid over it. You're not actually getting underneath the Band-Aid and digging down and going, what is, what's this infection? What do we need to do? Mm, interesting. So very much. And so then, I, yeah, I was like, oh, great. So now fermented foods are a problem for us. You know, this was my life-changing moment where I was going to add them in and, <laughs> you know, everything would be great. So um, I found, you know, this wonderful uh, you know, I literally went in and researched each strain and what they did and, and um, worked with some professors and found this amazing collection of um, bacterias that either down-regulate the histamine, they don't create histamine, or they increase those bifido strains mm-hmm. that help our immune system deal with it. And that's really where the cultures that you see in our in the culture wellness culture starters came from. And I just made the concoction up. For, for Noah and I really and then just saw so many other people having troubles with you know the lactic acid that's formed from these specific strains that can cause histamine and of course there's even specific strains like streptococcus thermiases which is in wild ferments mm-hmm. like kiffer grains or water kiffer grains and look that's an absolute wonderful 
um, strain if your body is well and thriving. But for someone who's got any mental health issues or has got streptococcus or staph infections, that's an absolute disaster. Mm. And so, you know, we were buying store-bought yogurt coconut yogurt that had this particular strain in it I, you know I would have it and just you know oh kind of it was just horrible what would happen yeah. to me and then you know obviously I'd give it to Noah and, and and it was like he would go back to being severely autistic within about 15 minutes of eating it and I would get extreme mental health problems I'd create you know I'd have all these OCD sorts of issues I'd start sweating I'd um you know get rashy and itchy and but I was like I don't understand Mm. this is supposed to be great is it and then you go on this kind of is it the sugar is it the fillers is it the starch that's in there when no it's actually the strains and it's actually what's living in you and what those strains are doing to you so you need to know your you need to know your bugs you've got to get test you've got to understand who's in there and how to keep that balance thriving because unfortunately most of us are not in a state where we can like the old school days just go up and pick off any form of fermented foods Mm. and eat it it's not that simple no I totally agree and I'm so glad you mentioned yogurt it was just in one of my alumni chat groups for one of my courses this morning and someone sort of put a post I'm sorry, this isn't exactly Lotox related, but I just want to put this out there. I've bought this brand of yogurt and this brand of yogurt, both coconut yogurts, and one I feel terrible on, the other one I feel great on. Can anyone explain to me? And here's the list of ingredients, you know, because she wanted to workshop like <laughs> the, the guar gum or the, you know, whatever else might be in there. And and I said, look, they don't disclose their culture mix. And I think that that could just be that you've got, one culture mix that works for you and the other one that it hinders your health. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this just reinforces that you are your best health professional. If you feel crappy Mm -hmm. after something, that's not your best food. doesn't matter how many blog posts there are out in the internet that tell you (laughs) that coconut yogurt is the bee's knees and the answer to all your health woes. You know, if you feel crappy, then don't eat it. And we forget (laughs) that we have that power and no one else has that power over us. Yeah. And and even for my clients, we, um, you know, because we have our kiffer and we have our yogurt and they have very, they have the same strains, but they have, behave very differently in those mediums. And so, uh, you know, even for some of my clients, they will only be able to have the yogurt and not the kiffer oh. because of, yeah. So some people respond much better to, and if you've got a lot of autoimmune conditions and a lot of energy problems and, um, you, you know, you're really sort of struggling with your mental health, then you're more likely to want to have a lots of the yogurt rather than our kiffer. So, yeah, even, you know, our culture strains, which mm. I just think are the most absolutely amazing strains for rebuilding gut health, we can even tweak it even further to get super, super, you know, sort of targeted to what you need. That's amazing. So good. I... I'd love to sort of find out, you know, because gas is a, an issue for a lot of people. Just, you know, there's no way to segue nicely into gas. So I'm just going <laughs> to just gonna say farts. There, okay. there we go. I said yeah. it. Or like trapped wind, especially for constipated people and people with SIBO and, and, and those sorts of issues. Are there bacterial strains that we need to be avoiding with those situations or is it an issue of sulfur? Like, can you just share a little bit? about that because I think so many people struggle with this and and maybe we could actually nip this in the bud for some people today. Yeah. So a couple of things that you need to look at. The first thing is candida is notorious for causing lots of gas and distension and bloating. And so really understanding, you know, do I have a candida problem? And you can always find that out if your brain fog, you literally cannot wake up in the morning without, you know, someone slapping you around the head with a wet fish. And you're really finding it very, very hard to remember things with your memory. And obviously there's tests that you can do to see if you've got candida, but that will be one. Another one is that a lot of people today suffer from something called SIBO. Yeah which is a, you know, a bacterial overgrowth in the small intestine. Now, we know that things like H. pylori and Klebsiella are very common pathogens that live in that area, 
And what happens is when you eat, they eat. Mm. And when they eat, they release all sorts of horrendous gases and toxins as a byproduct of them eating. And so as long as they're in there and they're being fed, you will always have those gases and always have that. I mean, it's horrible. It pushes up on your, you know, on your diaphragm and it pushes down on your gut and your bowel and, and, you know, you're wearing clothes one minute and then you're popping out of them the next. Like it's really really hard to manage those symptoms just sitting can be very uncomfortable when you've got SIBO Mm. um lactobacillus strains will certainly make matters worse Mm. when you have SIBO because you've actually got bacteria also coming up from the you know the bowel and causing problems as well so first of all very important to find out through getting a comprehensive analysis do I have pathogens living in up there? Mm. Who are they? And we need to get <laughs> rid of them because we don't want them living there. No. And secondly, once we've got rid of them, we need to obviously nourish our gut with the right bacteria strains. But don't accept like, oh, yeah, I'm just a gassy person <laughs> mm. because it's not the case. Prebiotic foods certainly may cause some gas for some people when they're starting out with them. But, yeah, you certainly shouldn't be suffering from that kind of extreme bloating and gas and it's generally from from a dude that shouldn't be there. Yeah, and is that uh, – I've been reading a little bit about the Citrobacterfreundy guy lately. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. he another SIBO causer? Or exactly. Yeah? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. And anyone – like pretty much, you know, anyone that's travelled or, you know, we're going to pick these things up. It's, it's really common yeah. to get – parasites and pathogens and traditionally people always wormed their family and their kids and we just don't seem to do it anymore it's like we're immune to that that Mm. was you know that was back in the past we don't get parasites anymore but of course we do and we need to manage them yeah that's such a good point like I remember when I was little worming was a common thing yeah you know that's maybe showing my 41 years but it it really (laughs) was like and I remember there was a kid in my class who was the combantrum kid on the commercial and yeah (laughs) it's it's like poor kid he was teased forever but yeah like it's just such a it makes so much sense that we would be actively removing parasites can we do this in any particular way without having to get a $500 stool test every year and check in with ourselves? Can it just become somehow part of our wellness routine by 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 the habits that we have? Or Totally, yeah. totally. Like I think twice a year without a doubt it's very important to go through a parasite cleanse. I mean, you know, Culture Wellness has one we we very, very keen on sort of having the the most amazing products that, you know, all our herbs are organic. They're they're literally hand crushed and hand like the capsules are hand packed. And they're very much targeted to making sure that you break down the life cycle of those parasites and those pathogens. And you do you just pop it into the calendar twice a year. We know that we're going to do our parasite cleanse. It goes for 16 days and then you can pretty much tell from there if you do your parasite cleanse and it really makes you feel pretty yuck, that's a pretty good indication that there is something going on there and you need to investigate further. Mm. Whereas some people will do it and they'll just feel a bit off for a day or two and then they'll be fine and off they go. So um, once again, checking in with yourself it is a wonderful way of, okay, maybe maybe there is something going on in here because of my reaction to some very simple herbs. And on the subject of then looking after your good guys, you mentioned kombucha before, so I want to come back to that. I remember when I first started buying kombucha, it was from a little a stall at Marrickville Markets and it was a, a lovely old woman who sold it. Um, she was Eastern European and she had very in very big letters on the bottle only to take 60 to 100 mils at the absolute maximum every single day. Mm. because this is a medicinal product and it's Mm. a cultured food, you know, and this is again kind of coming back to what we were talking about earlier in the chat, you know, more does not mean, more of the good guys does not mean more health, you know, it's not necessarily like that and you can cause some issues. Do you believe kombucha should be limited? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely because it's a yeast. Yeah. And there's a wonderful amount of good yeast that we need in our gut 
like candida, for example, is a yeast, and we want to have a little bit in there because it helps us, you know, chew up heavy metals and it helps us digest and utilize nutrients and vitamins. But if we've got too much of, you know, the yeast in there, then what happens to all the bacteroides and the bifido strains and the lactobacillus strains? Where do they go? Mm. And they all have a role to play as well. So it does concern me greatly that, you know, you can get kombucha on tap now when you go out to the pub or something. And I'm like, oh, in one evening you've completely changed the diversity of your gut. Yeah, thinking you're doing a great thing by not having a beer, right? Might as well have a beer. So, um. Yeah, so no, it does concern me. And there's wonderful products on the market that are very low in sugar and I I love their ethos and I really encourage them to keep going with making sure there's no sugar. There's some that have a lot of sugar in them and it is just still a soft drink. Yeah. So, yeah, it's all about balance. Yeah, and I think for for your children, you know, maybe they see friends having things like the Cokes and the Sprites of the world and – you still want to give them something a little different to water every now and then. It's just a great idea to put a tiny bit of kombucha in the glass because it is a wonderfully medicinal food um, and top it up with soda water or mineral water. And then mm. that way they're still having something that tastes a bit yummy and it's fizzy and you can put a piece of fruit or two. But there's also water kefirs as well, right? So talk to us about those. Is there a limit to how much we should have of those as well? So the water kefir is wonderful because it's got that diversity of those strains. Mm. There's, you know, an abundance of different strains in there. So you can more freely drink that. The concern for people who are really struggling with their health and are on a bit of a mission to get well, Mm. there's a lot of histamine-forming strains in in the kefir grains and there's a lot of strains that may not be as beneficial to start with. But, of course, so when I started getting well, I couldn't handle any of that food. As we said, it made me so much worse. But now that I've worked so hard on my gut, I, I can drink it and not have any issues. But it, it's taken me a long time to get there. So um, once again, it's just checking in, finding out, do I actually need to start in a more controlled environment, which is the cultured you know, foods like using the cultured wellness starters, mm. or am I relatively robust and I don't have any gut problems? Beautiful. Go straight for the water kipper. Okay, cool. So, again, it really just comes down to the individual. And 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 back to that point of you being your best health professional is yeah. just because you've read a blog post about the amazing wonders of cultured foods and kefir, think about how you feel afterwards because that will tell you whether, mm. whether it's your best food. Mm. So, okay, oh, gosh, there's so many questions <laughs> still and I'm conscious of the time. I'm going to have to have you back on the show. We're going to have to do a part two at some stage. Oh, that would be wonderful. Yeah. Now, tell us a little bit about your business, how people can um, get in touch with you, what you're most proud of in terms of what you guys produce. Oh, gosh, I've just thought of a really good question. <laughs> My guys so know I'm the tangent queen, so I'm, gonna, I'm just going to put you on hold on talking about your own business. I want to ask you where you think probiotic science is headed. Because I think that's, oh. that's, I mean, you know, as we said, it's a drop in the ocean. We've really just begun what are you seeing because you're so deep into it? Where's it headed? Yeah, well, actually, it's not such a tangent. It is a beautiful segue to talk about culture wellness Yay. plus where I think it's Perfect. headed to. Beautiful. Look at you, the host with the mostest. So, <laughs> but it's, you know, I see that there is this not one size fits all anymore. And we have kind of got ourselves into a state of our bodies are on high alarm. And so we can't just have probiotics. Mm. So I I very much see we're moving towards tailor-made probiotics that are very individual. Like you can walk into a shop and know, okay, well, I'm deficient in bifidos and I'm deficient in E. coli. Give me that particular culture strain or give me that particular drink because I know that that's exactly what I need. So I see very much tailor-made sort of almost cocktail solutions of specific probiotic blends that suit you Mm. I think that the stabbing in the dark philosophy is really moving you know going away now and we are understanding that testing is the way forward and you know Booper and any other healthcare professionals who are listening out there or hey let's just put it in the budget Mm. I'd like a a gut test as the yearly exam that everyone gets when they go to their doctor thank you so I'm just 
putting it out there now, it would save our healthcare system so much money. I know, (laughs) so much money. So I actually see that, and you know, if I think about it enough and bang on about it enough, maybe it'll happen. But I see that as actually becoming a part of our regular testing when we go to the doctor. This hygiene hypothesis that that we've created over the years of you know just sanitize everything and step away from nature so much I see that as a we're just going to go right back to the start Mm. and you know old school days you would literally pull your veggies out of the soil you'd wipe the soil off a bit and then you would eat it and we walked in bare feet we were in nature we gardened we you know we're in the soil a lot and so our microbial community in our gut was thriving because we get most of those organisms from the soil, from nature. And we are so disconnected to us now that that's what we're seeing with problems. So soil-based organisms I see as an absolute way forward and, you know, culture wellness is developing our own soil-based organisms at the moment because I see it as just such a wonderful way of creating really robust um, you know, probiotics that go into our gut that, you know, they're spore forming, they're hardy, they're going to re- be able to survive the stomach acid and they will replace a lot of those microbes that were our ancestral microbes that should be there but now they're lost and we need to start getting back to those ancestral microbes. We need to start getting back to the diversity and, you know, we've run out of time but, you know, when we look at the setup of, say, a gut microbe, microbiome of a Hudson tribe person and a gut microbiome of a Sydney cider Mm. it's just like you know there's about 115 strains missing in the Sydney cider because they're not they they have no access to dirt soil they're eating foods you know that aren't sort of nourishing for them they're not accessing sunlight all these things so I see a huge movement towards soil-based organisms and people making sure that that's an everyday part of their life and they go back to those original practices but I think this one size fits all of probiotics it's just not it's the future is moving more towards what you know sort of culture wellness is trying to do of very individual care individual strains looking at the person and what's going on with them rebuilding it and then we can flourish and move forward I think that's so awesome and I love the work you do and we've got everything linked on the show notes today for you to check out Kirsty's business, Cultured Wellness, and some of their incredible products and ebooks as resources. So, if you haven't been able to deal with cultured foods and you've been wondering why, hopefully today's show has helped you realize that it could well come down to the strains. I'm going to ask one more baby question. So, when I make a sauerkraut at home with no culture, just with my salt massaging that in and it culturing itself off the the bacteria that naturally live in the cabbage and and the surrounds of my kitchen as I make the the product does that mean I'm less in control therefore of what is going to grow in there and it could necessarily mean that it's not going to grow in the right way for my body well once again it comes back to is your body thriving or are you rebuilding your body yeah so if your body's thriving then awesome you know you want all of that those microbes from around you and uh, what the you know the actual fermenting process creates if your body's not so well and you really need to be quite careful and controlled then you might yeah you could put some culture wellness kiffer in there to make sure it's more controlled and you know exactly what you're fermenting so Mm. it comes back to like exactly i just love what you're saying about listen to yourself and know how you know how you feel and if you if you are uh, on you know unwell and you're on a, a journey just culture it keep everything really tight and really sure and so you know what you're doing yeah such great advice to finish on thank you so much for joining us today and uh and i definitely look forward to having you back on the show in the future thanks so much for having me Thank you so much for joining me for today's show. Check out the show notes at lowtoxlife.com forward slash podcast. And if you wanted to maybe share a quote and something that really jumped out for you, you can find us on Instagram at lowtoxlife or simply hashtag lowtoxlife across social media. I absolutely love bringing you the show. 
Thank you for any of the star ratings or one-line reviews that you guys have left. It helps me know what you've been loving and what you'd love to see more of. I'll see you next week. Who is that? Hi, Puck Pass.